We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday. Uh, instead of doing 9 a.m., we get to do noon, which is fantastic uh, because of training camp. So we'll talk about some of our uh, takeaways and latest news and notes from the ninth day of Chargers training camp. Uh, we're also going to preview the scrimmage uh, that is happening tomorrow in terms of things that we're looking for, some clarity that we hope to happen. Uh, and then we'll also revisit some of our Saturday stocks in order to kind of uh, measure up how players have done over the past week or so. So going to be a fun one. Excited to do it uh, with my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. You were there today. How was the vibe and how are you doing today? It was good. It was great. I wasn't sure if Chargers fans would even go back to the second week. You know, would they still be interested? Or have they seen it all? Uh, you know, Monday, yesterday, today, it's been a packed house. So been great being there. It was a little hot today. But I managed, and every time I think it's a little bit hot, I think that Steven is somewhere 20 degrees hotter in Fresno. Yeah, uh, it actually rained yesterday. So wow. uh, today today is a really nice day. I've lived in Fresno for uh, about four and a half years at this point. Yesterday was the first time in the summers that I've been here that it rained. Like legitimately had to turn on my windshield wipers on my way to work kind of rain. So wow. uh, it's not supposed to be 100 plus today. It's only supposed to be a high of 92. So we're uh, we're doing great up here. Alex, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Doing good. Nice, 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 nice. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I uh, I also thought that week two would be a little bit more low key. I figured today would be kind of busy. Um, tomorrow, I figured it would be busy as well because it's the weekend. <laughs> Are you eating a uh, Twix right now? Shout out Twix, man, my favorite candy bar as well. Uh, welcome to sponsor the show anytime. Um, <laughs> but Can you yeah, save you know, the Chargers... food for the last five minutes of the show. We still have fifty-seven <laughs> minutes of training camp. Hey, I'm just I'm just reacting to Tyler eating my favorite candy bar, man. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I was expecting it to die down a little bit, uh, you know, yesterday, and uh, it, it didn't. Right, like there was a ton of people out there again. So uh, excited to see them. Um, all right, we'll dive right into uh, some news and notes uh, again for the ninth day of practice. We'll get some of Tyler's thoughts after being there in person. Um, <clears throat> we will have some time potentially for questions at the end, um, but Tyler and I will definitely take some questions tomorrow after the scrimmage. Uh, so if we don't get to a question that you have in the chat today, we apologize. Just have a, a lot to talk about. Uh, so first and foremost, uh, no change on Derwin James's situation. He is still going through contract negotiations. Um, we get asked every single day uh, what the holdup is and all that stuff. And and listen, I wish I had uh, Dave Malagetta on speed down. He would tell me what was exactly going on here. But as far as we know, it's just the contract uh, structure is kind of taking some time to hammer out. And again, this is uh, to be expected when you're talking about a uh, – contract the size of this deal a market setting kind of contract and tyler's pointing this out too it's not as straightforward as somebody like mika fitzpatrick because derwin has played uh, a significant fewer amount of uh, snaps throughout his career because of his injuries so again no no change on derwin we'll continue to wait and see and monitor that but uh, uh stay stay away from criticizing him this is not a holdout situation this is not a melvin gordon situation uh derwin's still there present at camp and uh, making a difference, even if he's not necessarily practicing with the team. Yeah. Again, would love to get over this and move on with my life, but anyone who's criticizing him thinking this is some sort of Melvin Gordon situation, it's clearly not. I'm not even sure why we're even still assuming or associating those two things. It'll get done. Yes. I wish it were sooner. I'm surprised it hasn't gotten done yet, but everything they've been saying and doing we know there's a deal. They've proposed. Derwin said yes. He just wants to make sure he gets that flawless diamond. <laughs> but they're going to get married. Okay. All's good. They just haven't set a date yet, I guess. Yeah, it didn't set the date. Well, maybe they haven't set a date. I, I think it's more of like the prenuptials. You know, they're they're signing a prenup agreement right now in the in the stage <laughs> of their marriage. So um, yeah, other than that, I, I think everything's okay very clearly on the Derwin front. Um, I, I actually think that you've seen that even though Derwin hasn't been there, clearly, you know, his influence is still there at the walkthroughs and team meetings. And the coaches have said as much. Uh, Ronaldo Hill in his press conference yesterday pretty much has said he's still been a presence there. And then you see, you know, someone like uh, Reem Lane apparently have some flashes yesterday. And just a week and a half ago, Derwin was coaching him up, uh, you know, just over on the side there. So, I, you know, he's still having his positive influence over camp. Um, it's definitely not a uh, Melvin Gordon situation. So I do think that, the hold in is, is still really both productive for Derwin and the team. And when the deal gets done, it gets done. Yeah. You know, you wrote about that uh, for Bulby earlier this morning. Um, and I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. There's getting a lot of young guys getting reps. Um, not the one that I was hoping, unfortunately, Mark Webb out again. So uh, we'll talk about all of that in, in, here in a second, I'm sure. But um, 
I don't think anybody is necessarily to blame here. Again, this is just the nature of the beast when you're talking about uh, a long-term contract like this. They could be doing a five-year contract, could be doing a three-year contract, which has kind of become, <clears throat> at least for the receiver market, the three-year contract has uh, become a, a bit of the norm. So, uh, again, no one really is to blame here. You, you shouldn't make anyone your punching bag. I see that comment in the chat. Um, this is just kind of, you know, this is what is happening. You know, Keenan Allen has his contract took a bit. Joey Joey Bosa's got his contract done pretty quickly. Melvin Ingram had his contract and his his holding was a few weeks as well. So sometimes this, these contract negotiations negotiations take longer than others. Um, I, I was pretty confident that this would be done quickly, and that hasn't been the case. But that doesn't necessarily mean somebody is to blame here. Yeah, I mean, for reference, Keenan Allen, September 24th. We're in August 6th. I, again, I would think it would be done sooner. I, I'm surprised it isn't. Yeah. But we have a long way to go before this is any kind of problem. Yeah, absolutely. And again, he's he's there. He's coaching guys up. He's participating in walkthroughs. He's getting the mental reps. He's working out with the team. So he's just not on the field taking that injury risk, which I think is ultimately smart. Um, so in terms of the injuries that happened before today, uh, again, there was no practices for Mark Webb, for Trey McKitty, or Drew Tranquil. Um, it looked like Cal Vanoe was going to practice, if I'm reading that correctly. He had pads on, and then uh, I guess they just decided to not have him practice. Um, I didn't hear if there were any other veteran rest days that they've been kind of doing recently, but those were the ones that uh, existed leading up into the start of practice today. Yes, as, as far as I'm aware of Kyle Van Noy, went through the walkthroughs, went through the stretches, had pads, had pads on, and just it looks like a veteran rest day sort of thing. Or maybe it's something is kind of bugging him, but it's really not that bad. As far as the other three go, and we'll get to the, the new one today, uh, Webb and McKitty out there on that far third field way down the ways, no pads, nothing. They're not even looking like they're really close. There's some walking, maybe there's some jogging, but that's about it. Again, we don't really know what the injury is, but so far it looks like they're not as close. Drew Tranquil was in full pads and his helmet and even the okay. mushroom cap thing <laughs> on the far field, jogging, running. So he's really close. Like He had full pads on. He just was not practicing. So maybe they're being extra, extra cautious. But to me, if, if he's suited up tomorrow at the scrimmage, I wouldn't be surprised. To me, it sounds like next week he's going to get back into things. Yeah, uh, the web one is definitely a little bit disappointing just because we had kind of yeah. been on like the web yeah. renaissance. Uh, you know, Staley has kind of been praising him a lot and we'd seen him kind of, you know, been making plays in training camp. So to see him kind of knocked out again, hopefully it's not a long term thing, although I guess we don't know uh, to update on Donald Parham, because I didn't think Jeff Miller would actually respond to me on Twitter. Uh, he did say that it is the back of his upper left leg that is wrapped uh, so that does look like a hamstring tweak. We won't know, I guess, probably until Monday now, whenever Staley does that press conference and, and gives an update. Um, but if it's not a calf injury, I do think that is a lot better for the Chargers, uh, or at least better than it looked on video. If you do want to watch the video, it is on uh, Brett's Twitter. Uh, but it, it did look pretty bad at first, although today it doesn't, right now at least, if it's just his hamstring that's wrapped that's not terrible yeah it doesn't sound terrible and he was able to kind of get up and walk around according to those that were there um which i you know, i think we kind of at least have a gauge there because when austin eckler hurt his hamstring in uh tampa bay 
Remember that was like an, a legitimate tear yeah. and he uh, was not even able to get up and, and walk around. So um, hopefully it's just a minor tweak, uh, a soft tissue injury thing. And uh, so we'll, we'll have to monitor that situation. The Mark Webb situation is definitely a bummer, right? Because he was somebody that we were high on and somebody that I thought would kind of make a natural substitution for Derwin James. And of course, like nobody's Derwin James, but you know, he, he's, simply a bigger, more athletic kind of player than somebody like Alohi Gilman is. And he can, you know, do more of the provide more versatility than a guy like Alohi Gilman as well. So Mark Webb can cover the slot. He can blitz, he can cover tight ends, he can play deep. So I was just really hoping to see him get those first team reps and take advantage of that situation while Derwin was uh, dealing with negotiations, but that just hasn't happened. And uh, we'll talk about him in a second. But, you know, Raheem Lane has, has kind of taken on that role and has looked really well. So um, it, it sucks for Mark Webb. He was injured last year, you know, dealt with the knee surgery. Maybe this is kind of a, an adverse side effect from recovering. Maybe he rushed it back. I don't really know. But uh, I'm hopeful that he's able to get back there. I'm, not, I'm much less concerned about Trey McKitty being injured than I am Mark Webb. Yeah, I, I hope they don't rinse and repeat, you know, oh, Mark Webb looks good. Oh, Mark Webb is hurt. And then now he barely plays in the season. It's like no one really wants, well, aside from Raheem Lane, it's like nobody really wants to take a Lohi Gilman spot. Like, we all know Gilman is the odd man out here. He's sort of the adopted child of this group. He wasn't drafted, wasn't brought in, or at least by this regime. But, like, no one's taking his spot. Webb's out, and Woods has been kind of, eh. So Gilman's kind of hanging in there. If Webb wants to make this roster, he's got to come back healthy because Lane's about to take it from him. Yeah, and I mean, Staley basically kind of said the same thing, which is like, you know, if he just stays healthy, kind of works on himself as a tackler, he'll make a team uh, in regards to Mark Webb. And unfortunately, he's out again and doesn't really get much of a chance to build momentum into the preseason, uh, which is a real shame considering what Staley thinks he can be. Uh, and then Gilman, I think, is a good point. If he kind of works his way back into at least just being healthy, being there on the field and getting the first crack at that preseason game next week, that could be a major leg up in terms of him maybe making the final roster. Potentially, you know, you get to the conversation of Webb being like IR'd or, you know, do they uh, put him on the practice squad at first maybe to start? There could be a lot of different configurations with that. Um, but yeah, the safety room definitely in flux right now uh, with the injuries and, of course, Derwin's uh, contract situation. Yeah, I would hope this doesn't drag out to the point where Mark Webb is on IR because, I mean, if he if he gets put on IR before the game the season starts and he's he's done like he he can't come back at all this season. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. We do, we don't know specifically what kind of injury any of these players have. Um, all we know is that they are soft tissue injuries. That could be a calf, a quad, hamstring, groin. So uh, we don't really know much of, of what they're dealing with um, outside of Drew Tranquil, who Brandon Staley specifically said he was dealing with a groin injury. So, I mean, I know it's possible for a guy like Mark Webb coming off a uh, knee surgery, injuring a hamstring right away is not necessarily out of the picture, you know, dealing with that recovery and just the muscles are not necessarily fully recovered. So, um, again, we'll, we'll provide an update there when we have one um all right well we mentioned him I, I think it's only fair in terms of today's takeaways that we start with Raheem Lane uh again Alex and I were not there Tyler was and uh the guy was apparently flying all over the place today so what did you see from him 
Uh, what'd you like from him in terms of stepping into that role without, uh, again, you know, two safeties in front of him uh, out there practicing? I've, I had heard about Lane and people have mentioned him and Popper has written nice things about him. And, you know, I've seen him flash once, you know, maybe twice a practice, but there's nothing like, okay, like this guy's really standing out. Today, I thought Raheem Lane, the undrafted free agent safety at Indiana, had a top three practice of anybody so far in camp. He, and it was more than just like, okay, I'm just the deep safety and a ball goes my way and I, I knock it down and whatever. I'm talking like man coverage, Guyton, Parham, Carter, a bunch of guys. Other than Keenan and Mike Williams, he was covering everyone. And it was in one on one situations, you're not supposed to be winning. He was, had two passes broken up. Uh, he looked fantastic on on everything. His man coverage skills and what he was able to do, it's about as good as what Mark Webb was doing, and Raheem Lane's a healthy one. So if this is what he looks like, and this is the first time I've really keyed in on him, because it's hard with some rookies, new names, new faces. I see, I see 41, I see 49, I see 38. I'm trying to figure out who the hell these guys are. By the end of practice, it was like, that's Raheem Lane. And every time 41 stepped onto the field, I had to watch. And every time something went his way, it was clean coverage, pattern matching beautifully, fluid hips, potentially a pass broken up. The only guy that kind of was able to break up a pass to Donald Parham today, he was covering everyone at different points of the field, all different body types and skill types. And he looked really, really good. It was a fantastic practice. And I really think at this point, he's been, if, if that's what he's been looking like, it's better than anything else JT Woods put on tape so far, or tape practice tape so far he looks outstanding and way more advanced than i would have guessed for someone that was an undrafted free agent yeah um it's great to hear that from raheem lane and the opportunity seems to be there you know he wants to make the team uh with web hurt gilman kind of being like in flux in terms of like whether this regime likes him or not uh and then you other than that uh, i mean you're not working with a lot there in terms of like who's unbeatable on the depth chart um so at this point obviously derwin out with the contract situation it kind of reminds me a little bit of like 2019 uh when roderick teamer made the team uh, as an undrafted free agent because derwin was hurt and because adrian phillips was hurt as well uh so he got his chance to to make that initial roster and kind of make an impact there so uh raheem Lane could kind of be a similar situation if he starts to get you know good preseason reps starts to get some pass breakups um that's definitely a spot along with Damon Lloyd, potentially in the linebacker room, which I think is becoming more and more of a story. Uh, that could be, you know, one of the undrafted free agents uh, who makes the team in a year where we didn't really think there would be any, but definitely seems like Lane is a, not a likely one, but becoming likelier. Sorry. I'm just, uh, somebody asked size comparison. So I was going to look up uh, the RAS scores between Lane and Webb. So, um, Lane uh, should be way more talking. athletic, I'm guessing, because I know Mark Webb's RAS score is like four. It's not great. Uh, in terms of size, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Lane was slightly more athletic than Webb. Webb looks great. Like he, him being able to cover receiver, tight ends, whatever, is, is more of him just being great at route recognition, being fluid. Maybe that's the same for Lane, but Lane, like, it just looks different out there. He looks like a corner playing safety like he looked like someone who's who's just was so used to playing slot corner so used to playing outside corner and they transitioned him to safety he looks amazing so 
Yeah, so I'm looking it up right now. Um, Raheem Lane actually did start his career at Indiana as a corner. I do remember that makes a lot uh, of sense. reading that about him when the Chargers eventually signed him. Um, but yeah, Mark Webb, actually the superior athlete. Raheem Lane, his RAS score is 4.23. Mark Webb, 7.38. Uh, oh. Mark Webb has uh, b- bigger hands, basically about an inch bigger hands, two inches uh, longer in terms of arms. Mark Webb six one. Raheem Lane is is just a hair under six feet. Mark Webb two oh seven. Raheem Lane one ninety two. This is again. This is from the combine, so that those numbers could have changed for for both of these players. Um, Lane is faster though. Mm-hmm. Mark Webb ran a four six two. Lane was four five seven. Uh, significantly faster in the ten yard split specifically. Um, vertical jump was about the same. Uh, Mark Webb did have an inch or I guess a foot, excuse me, uh, a foot longer in the broad jump, similar shuttle, similar three cones. So they're very similar, similar profiles. Lane's a little bit faster and Webb looks to be a little bit bigger, a little bit more explosive of an athlete. So, okay, there you go. He looks like, no, I won't say it. He looks look like he... He covers like Derwin James did today. Now, I'm not saying that he always does that. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, if he told me that was Derwin James, I'd be like, yeah, okay. It looked that good today. It looks really good. If that's what he looks like, I want this dude on my team. Uh, yeah, this was not, none of that was just like off of the top of my head. Uh, this was off of the RES website. Uh, I think his name is Kent, uh, Kent Lee Platt, I think. Um, he's the one who, who does all that. So his, his website's fantastic, has athletic data from pretty much anyone back until like 2005, I think it is kind of like the limit that I found, but, um, yeah, so th- th- it puts them in an interesting situation. And I think there's a few interesting players overall, because I mean, the three of us were not particularly excited about this undrafted free agent class. And Raheem Lane has showed up recently. Ty Shelby has shown up recently. Of course, Jamal Davis isn't really an undrafted free agent this year, but he's popped a little bit. And Hunter Campmoyer as well. He's an undrafted free agent from last year. And, you know, now you have Damon Lloyd, undrafted free agent from last year, kind of showing up. So, you know, I think they have some more potentially tough decisions on the back four or five roster spots than we initially anticipated heading into camp because of guys like Raheem Lane. Yeah, can't wait to see it play out. Yeah, and I mean, just injuries are are kind of the great equalizer, right? Lane has a chance to make this team because of, you know, the situation's sort of in front of him. Uh, and then you look at Edge, well, you know, uh, obviously Kyle Van Noy's sort of playing linebacker. Linebackers behind Kyle Van Noy get hurt. And so that opens up a chance for Ty Shelby yeah. uh, as make like a semi kind of Edge 5 type player and then uh, obviously Damon Lloyd who has been putting forth uh, great efforts it seems like and has been putting up you know some explosive plays so yeah yeah in terms of the the roster construction I would think that with how much linebacker they're having Kyle Vanoy play you know they're they, they seem very comfortable with Chris Rumpf as, as kind of that edge three player and maybe that is is playing a part here but you know, we've heard from a few different people that that last potential edge spot is kind of up in the air. Um, Tyler, what have you seen, you know, being there from, you know, the, those three edge rushers kind of on the bubble in terms of Ty Shelby, Jamal Davis, and, 
your favorite uh, Emeka Egbele? I think of the three, Ty Shelby is the odd man out. I think he's done some good things. I just think, you know, undrafted free agent, it's going to take some time. The other two just are a bit more seasoned. They're more used to playing edge. It'll kind of depend on what they want. To me, Emeka Egbele has been fine. He looks more like a tweener, and he, and he was, and he has been, a tweener between linebacker and edge rusher. Not like Kyle Van Noy. Um, I just think he's like an undersized edge rusher kind of type. Jamal Davis, though, they've said really nice things about him. I've seen him pop, although today Ryan Hunter had the best play of the day on him, shoving him to the Let's ground. Go. And then like his little, little mushroom cap was like flopping this way, but he got up and like pulled the bow and arrow back and shot it right in Davis's face. Um, so that was pretty good. It was such a good celebration. Offensive um, lineman celebration, man. It, it, it is such a rare thing, but when they come yeah. out, they are just epic. So uh, shout out Ryan Hunter today. Yeah, it was awesome. So I do think Jamal Davis probably should make it. They seem to like his power. Um, I think he's been great against the run so far, setting that edge. And that's what they want. You know, they want someone who can do that. So I think that if you're looking for someone powerful to develop and, and geez, I didn't know what this guy looked like until I was trying to find a thumbnail image for him. The dude is 1% <laughs> body fat, 99% just brick. So Jamal yeah, is jacked. he really is. He's he absolutely jacked. jacked. So if you're telling me that he's powerful and he's setting the edge really well, and you look at that picture. Yeah. I mean, that's the guy you want setting the edge. So I, I do think that he has the edge in terms of play whether that makes a difference because I believe was sort of a draft pick, sort of more of a veteran. I don't know. But if you had a gun to my head, I'd say Davis would make it if they keep another edge rusher. Yeah. Jamal Davis definitely falls into the Xander Horvath category of, we could look at him shirtless <laughs> on this podcast for a, sure. a long period of time. Um, yeah. Ronaldo Hill did uh, talk about Chris Rumpf yesterday, obviously kind of said he looks mm-hmm. bigger, kind of fits into that edge three role. And then specifically after, again, this isn't like a depth chart or anything, but did mention Jamal Davis next after Chris Rump and then MK Egbele. So if you want to kind of bake that in as edge four and edge five with Kyle Van Noy as the linebacker one in this scenario, that does kind of sound like what it is right now. And then, you know, obviously that last spot can come down to Ty Shelby versus Egbele versus Davis, if you want to, you know, throw that into the mix. But um, that's what it seems like right now. Yeah, I think I, in in terms of like just the the physical profiles there, I, I feel like having Rumpf and Davis would be a good balance in terms of having a, a bit more of a a gap shooter, speed rusher in Chris Rumpf, and then you have the power rusher, edge setter, run defender in Jamal Davis. So I think I like that balance a little bit more. I wish they were a tad more balanced with the backup edge rushers last year because I felt like. Kyler Fackrell was a, a little bit undersized, not necessarily super strong at the point of attack. But with Rumpf and Jamal Davis, I feel like you can do a lot more different things as opposed to just having two of the same body types, two of the similar players and similar strengths and weaknesses. So I, I like that balance right now. But again, we'll see if if that changes depending on how Ty Shelby and these guys look in the scrimmage and, of course, the preseason games because they're going to get a ton of reps in the preseason games because we know Joey and Khalil are not playing in, in the preseason games. So uh, I am excited to see how that one shapes out. Little 9.43 RAS score. And I, I think he was at 9.3 for who? For Jamal? 9.43 for Jamal. Yeah. So sheesh. <laughs> what's his, uh, what's his short shuttle and uh three cone? Uh, short. Sh- so shuttle is. What uh, percentile is it? 
36th for shuttle. Uh, three cone is 82. Interesting. That's a very, very stark difference. Yeah. He's more of a, a 40 vertical broad jump sort of guy. What's his broad? 10 foot. What percentile is that? Oh, sorry. 87, 88%. Vertical ninety six percent. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you want when with the edge rushers, you want to see them test well in the in Ooh. those areas. You know, in terms of explosiveness, what's up? Oh, so they did list him as a linebacker, so I'd have to convert to like edge, Ooh. I guess, too. So I actually don't know what the percentile would be there. I'm sure he'd be way faster, comparatively, but yeah. probably not as strong. There we go. All right, uh, Tyler, who else stood out from uh, practice today that you want to give a shout-out to? Ooh. Um, like Jalen Guyton got some good work today. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Guyton did. I, I think it's just, again, it's, it feels so hit or miss for him because sometimes the quarterback just won't get him the ball. Like, yeah, he's wide open. East and stick under throws by 22 yards. Uh, it just <laughs> seems to always be that way. So Jalen Guyton looked good today, looked good yesterday. Uh, Keenan Allen has looked good and always looks good. He just seems to be the clear-cut wide receiver one. Um, Braden Fajoko, once again, there was an arm over. They were doing, it was kind of drills. So it was like the center, the right guard, and the right tackle versus like, you know, one interior defensive lineman just to kind of work on, you know, either double teams or shooting gaps or whatever. And Fajoko just arm over right past Zion and Corey Lindsley for what would have been a, you know, a sack or a run to stop or run uh, tackle for loss or whatever. Uh, he looks good. Posted a video of him blowing right past Brendan Hymas for another run stop. Uh, just give him the roster spot at this point. Like if, if he I'll, again, I'll be distraught if he doesn't make the roster. Uh, who else today? I don't know who else did I tweet about. I already forget. I don't know if you tweeted about it, but the Chargers posted the video. I mean, we were just talking about Michael Davis and sort of lack of plays at oh, this yeah. point. And Michael mm-hmm. Davis did make a play of the ball, uh, getting an interception on a pass intended for Joe Reed. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, sort of tipped it in the air, and also came down with it. So I thought that was you know relatively impressive. Yeah, that was good. It, for some reason, it's been the Michael Davis Joe Reed battle. Uh, Michael Davis did get an interception today, so that's good. Amon Ogbong Bamiga wasn't doing a lot uh, today. He had a good interception covering Gerald Everett. I still don't know how he managed to get that interception, but he did come away, come down with the football. So that's good. Uh, who else? Joey Bosa looked great. Uh, so conversely, the tackles did not. Um, sorry, I had myself on mute there for a second, but uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it was dude, there was one where where Trip Pipkins was like, "Okay, I'm gonna ride Joey Bosa out." Like Joey Bosa went a little bit wide. He kind of rode him out, no problem. Great. And then Bosa's like, "Okay, okay, okay." I'll go outside again. And then he fakes go out, going outside, spin moves right back in for a sack, and, and Pipkins is just like, oh, I'm not blocking anyone anymore. Uh, so both Norton and Pipkins had a rough day, I think, today versus Joey Bosa, which it, it's so hard to judge. What What is good? You know, not getting destroyed? I don't understand. I, I don't know how to quantify, yeah. like, who's doing better. I don't know. One's getting beaten up by Joey Bosa. The other one's getting beaten up by Joey Bosa. So, Yeah. Joey Bosa looks great. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah. yeah, it's tough to tell there because you're either going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, or you're going against Chris Rumpf and Jamal Davis. And like, no shade to those guys, right? But like, you're either getting destroyed or you're doing well against kind of a, an undrafted free agent, fifth round draft pick kind of player. So, 
it's just kind of a lose-lose situation. So we're not going to get any clarity on the right tackle situation until preseason games. So I'm curious to see if they mix and match in terms of like left tackle, right tackle, because I can't imagine Rashawn is going to be playing very much, if at all, in the preseason games. But, you know, the Rams won't start any of their guys in the preseason. So that's going to be a little bit frustrating. So the Cowboys is really going to be like the key opportunity, both in practice and in the preseason games for the right tackles to uh, figure themselves out. Yeah, I watched Joe Lombardi's press conference and he talked about, you know, the story's not told yet. The story's not written on running backs and tackles. Like they need all of these days, all of the preseason action to really figure out what they actually are all about, which, duh, we knew that. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like in general, jobs aren't going to be won and lost, particularly when it comes to the right tackle uh, situation. Was Seattle the last game year uh, last year where Trey Pipkin sort of kind of got destroyed? I don't remember yeah. if that was the last preseason game or if that was. I want to say wasn't yes. The Rams. I want to say yes because they had two games in LA. Okay, yeah, and then I think Seattle was the last one, and that was sort of when Pipkins kind of lost the job to Norton at yeah. that point. Um, granted, he was he wasn't losing a starting tackle job because Pelago was still theoretically healthy at that right. point and then right. obviously goes down in the Washington game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's going to be lost or won until the Cowboys game probably um, or even the final one. They might even take it all the way till then, especially if one of them's playing left tackle, one of them's playing right because like Stephen said, I don't think Rashawn Slater will play much at all if any in the preseason this year. Yeah. Another name I'll shout out, Hunter Moyer both because he's been looking good. He took a fullback rep today. You know, he's been practicing long snapping. He's a blocking tight end. He's caught some passes. He's caught a touchdown today. And McKitty's not practicing. Parham's probably not practicing. It's all stuck up for him right now. He he's, he's healthy. He's not a dynamic option, but he's making enough plays. He's blocking well enough. It's a good, solid role. And I think at this point, you kind of have to pencil him in for a roster spot. Yeah, and I think also the fullback situation really plays into that because we haven't really heard much mm -hmm. of anything since the first week about Xander Horvath, Gabe Neighbors. Again, we, we, we know who Gabe is. We know what his strengths and weaknesses are or are not. So I think if you if you make the argument for Hunter Campmoyer, it's that it kind of lets you be a little bit slower with Xander Horvath and kind of let him figure out his role, figure out his, you know, adjustment to the league before you have to kind of start playing him a little bit more. So um, very similar path for me in terms of like Steven Anderson's roster spot, because they knew that they were going to be a little bit, you know, slower in bringing Trey McKitty on obviously different position, tight end fullback. But um, you know, if Hunter Campmoyer is, you know, getting receiving reps with the first team playing special teams in, in, in place of Drew Tranquil, you know, he's lining up in fullback and taking advantage of those opportunities. Then I think again, he's definitely stock up. Like Tyler says, I agree with that. Anybody else, Tyler? Uh, nope. Not that I can think of. I tried to watch a bit of the, the offensive line stuff, but it's just far field. So, couldn't give you much there. I mean, Slater looked good. Rashawn Slater looked great. Watching him versus anybody else, like, oh, that's the all-pro tackle. Yeah. <laughs> Big differences there. Big differences there. Uh, I will say Joe Lombardi uh, was asked about Zion and Jamari Sawyer. They're very excited about both of those players. 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to our stocks here in a second. And I think one of us has Salier. I know I chose Brendan Hymas for mine. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, everything in terms of Zion Johnson has been fantastic so far. Uh, we didn't really get to talk uh, about his first day of one-on-ones. Um, you know, Tyler kind of phrased it as him passing the test. Daniel Popper was very, very impressed with what he saw um, up close and personal. So, you know, we're hearing a lot of great things about Zion. Again, you know, guys like Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer have been raving about him, um, which I think it, for Lindsley in particular is definitely, you know, speaks volumes of where Zion is at because we don't really <laughs> – Corey Lindsley is very reserved in terms of praising guys and giving information. It's it's generally just a lot of like uh, reserved intel, if you will. So Corey speaking the way that he did about Zion was was to me kind of like the big takeaway from everything. And obviously, I'm not there watching it, but uh, yeah, that that really spoke volumes to me. Yeah, he's looked good. I, I get the whole. Everyone goes, oh, he looked like Rashawn Slater last year. I still wouldn't go that far. I still think Rashawn Slater's debut sure. was far more impressive. Also, he was facing Joey Bosa. And no disrespect to like Sebastian Joseph Day, but to me, Joey Bosa, like, come on. You know, when we hadn't seen Slater even play that year, we had we hadn't seen him since 20, what, night or 2020 at that point. So, you know, for what Zion's doing, he looks good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I still think it's like a like a pass the test. Uh, with a B, B plus sort of debut. Yeah. Uh, a, a for a rookie for sure. Would you asking me just to like, you know, what did that look like versus other NFL players? B, B plus, which is great for him right now. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that he just looks ready, right? Like there hasn't yeah. really been that like embarrassing, you know, moment where he just got like blown backwards or, you know, the fact that he can keep up with Sebastian Joseph Day and, and Austin Johnson and all those guys. And, you know, do the standard NFL offensive lineman thing, which is just blow Jerry Tillery 10 feet back. Uh, you know, <laughs> the fact that he can do all those things, he, he's progressing at the level that he's supposed to at this point. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm retroactively go back and say A plus just for that alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, blowing up Jerry Tillery gets you some brownie points. Again, somebody that we still have not heard very much about in terms of making plays. So Morgan Fox, neither, man. Like, one of these guys needs to show up and start making some plays. We need some clarity there. I know what you're getting out of Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson. I think everybody feels very good about them. We've heard some good things there. Uh, Sebastian obviously flashing a little bit more as a, as a pass rusher. But, man, like, <laughs> we're getting a lot of clarity on a lot of these position battles. But Fox versus Tillery is, like, really – it's like, okay, Fox is playing a little bit more, but they're not winning the battle. No, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw Fox like have a tackle for a loss or have a pressure or something. I mean, I, I saw Zion going against him, and Zion handled him just fine. Jerry Tillery, you know, Zion handled him just fine. Those two, and we'll talk about the scrimmage. I don't know who the leader is between those two right now. It should be Fahoko. Fahoko should be DT number three on this team right now because those two are just not really getting it done. It's practice, I know. But they're not, you got to have some wins or something, right? Like Sebastian Joseph Zay, yeah. you know, great tackle in the backfield or great blew up the run today or whatever, or something, a, a, a pass rush, anything. I haven't seen those two move. Like, I don't think they've been involved. If you tell me that they're not on the field, I believe you. I haven't seen them do anything yet except lose to Zion Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like, even as pass rushers, like, 
you know, we heard from the first day that, uh, of course, Fajoko had a good, good couple of rushes there against Jamari Salyer. I, I think he had a good one against Matt Filer, too. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day did beat uh, Zion Johnson on one on Monday as well as Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, according to the beat reporters that were there. So um, <laughs> at this point, just just start those three. Have those three be your base defensive tackles. And nobody's running on you, you know, just to have the biggest improvement be that trio of defensive tackles. And I don't even care if they're like all technically nose tackles, just get the three best guys out there. And and the fact that Braden Fajoko and Sebastian Joseph Day are, you know, producing more pass rush plays than Morgan Fox is is, is a tad disappointing for sure. Yeah, it's a tad disappointing, but you still got to have one of them out there. It can't just be like <laughs> all the 300-pound guys. You probably still got to have Tillery, one of Tillery and Fox out there. Um, it is disappointing that we haven't heard more about Fox. can't say I'm surprised about Jerry Tillery. It sort of is what it is <laughs> at this point. Um, it, it is a little bit disappointing about Fox, but I'm not concerned yet i guess you know wait till we see some of the preseason games i'm sure both of them will play as that's sort of the competition for lead pass rusher at this point um but yeah it is disappointing we haven't heard more but i guess i'm not surprised we haven't heard more just because uh you know of of how how training camp kind of lends itself anyway and you know I, i think once these guys get into preseason we'll start to figure out much like the right tackle battle who separates themselves from the other. Apparently Daniel Popper dissed Tillery. I've read every article, so I'm really not remembering that. Hmm. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, let's shift gears here. We'll, we'll update some of our uh, Saturday stocks. Tyler, if you could uh, share the sheet here real quick, and then we will uh, kind of go over some things. After we do the stocks, we will get to a preview of the scrimmage, things that we're looking for, some clarity that we're hoping for. So uh, don't go anywhere just yet if you're bored by our stock game. Hopefully you are not bored. (laughs) I think it's a really fun opportunity to measure things. So uh, stay here with us. Um, All right, Alex, why don't you get started on somebody that you are hoping to move up or move down uh, from your list? Um, Can we go to my list? Because I don't remember everybody who's on it. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. DeAndre Carter. Tyler, Tyler changed his. Tyler, Tyler changed the name on the sheets. I'm dying. <laughs> no, I I made that Jewish day traders last week. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> no, I did it last week during the show. Um, I mean DeAndre Carter's got to move up, right? Five dollars to ten dollars. I think we can all agree. Uh, yes, I agree. For what it's worth, I also kind of put like my general guess. On where okay. these guys would be up or down, but we can talk about like everyone's specific. Okay. Sort of are you moving so, up? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was just thinking if we're doing like stock up, stock down. Um, I'm just going trying to go through all my guys. Uh, Kyle Van Noy. Are we saying neutral? I'd say hold. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah, hold or neutral. Mm-hmm. Morgan Fox, like just down. I think or, you kind of yeah. kind of has to be, yeah. Yeah, I guess down, down at this point. Isaiah Spiller up hold. or neutral or hold. Uh, I'm I'm fine with either one. What did you see from like Spiller was... today, Tyler? 
Um, I saw a really good blocking on special teams. I saw a drop. I saw some work on you know offense as a receiver, but he's really just kind of the third back and receiving back on this team. Like he looks, he, he looks like he was drafted to be the receiving back on this team. He did have one carry. He tried to bounce it outside, and I believe Amen uh, dropped him for a tackle for a loss. He's kind of dancing was too was dancing too much. Um, so he's still RB three. If he's if he's anything, he's RB three. So I think he's kind of been the same. He hasn't really pushed into RB two yet. Yeah, um, I, I could go hold or neutral there, or uh, that kind of makes sense. He has been getting the first team reps. I do still think by the time we talk next week or we talk on the twentieth um, that. Isaiah Spiller will will be up. Uh, Bryce Callahan pretty clearly up uh, based yeah. on how they've been using him. Darius Witten or Terius Swinton. Um, <laughs> Ronaldo Hill uh, basically oh, confirmed yeah. that he's the CB3 slash uh, slot yeah. corner at this point. So, I mean, I think that has to be stock up. Dean Leonard been making a lot of pass breakups. Um, I think he's I, up. I think he's down compared to down? where he was when we when you bought the stock. If that makes sense. Okay. I mean, week. again, I haven't seen the week he had, but it seemed like everything was going okay, like Monday-ish. And I don't know if anything's... No one's really said anything's changed. So, I mean, I'll go based on what you said because you're there. But Yeah, it's just been... A, everything down the sideline that first week without pads was amazing. And then they're like, okay, let's run comebacks, digs, slants, and that sort of thing. And then it's been a bit more rough for Dean Leonard. Look, he looks like what he wasn't good at in training or in, you know, in college, which is fine, but it's been like from where he was as a guy who's like, Holy crap, let's get rid of Tavon Campbell to now. And you're starting to see some like, you know, chinks in the armor, if you will. Now he's probably a stock hold based on kind of where I expected him to be. Like he's exactly what I thought he is. But if we're talking about where he was from when you bought the stock to now, I do think it's down. And I say that as someone who does have Dean Leonard stock, I could go down or hold. That's fine. We could do hold. Yeah, I'd say hold is fair there. Okay, because I don't think I don't think you put him into the one dollar tier or two dollar tier. I guess, but yeah, I I would say hold. Cool. I think Kelly's a hold too. I think Kelly, you have to move up. I think Kelly. I I don't think I'm so well. Yeah, because he is our RB two technically. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I don't know if he'll move up again, but I think he's at least holding on to that RB2 spot pretty significantly. Yeah. Well, I think having Kelly and Spiller stock is a good one because if one goes up, the other one goes <laughs> down and the other one. Sure. So, I mean, I think that kind of cancels out. Um, I guess Mark Webb, yeah, is down because it's a shame because he started so good at the beginning of the week and then mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately gets injured. Will Clapp is probably a neutral, um, I would yeah. assume. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd hold it there. Yeah, sure. Um, how would sorry? How would Will Clapp go? Up? <laughs> Plummeting? Can you, really, can, you really, can you really plummet that much from a dollar? <laughs> I guess the question. Yes. Um. Yeah. From a dollar to a cent. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's the thing with Easton Stick, and maybe we should talk about this now. Um. He's really bad. <laughs> like. I haven't been there and I haven't watched him, but the fact that he's in his third year or fourth year, fourth year. Yeah. Yeah, And he's still getting balls batted down at the line, like really consistently every practice. That's not good. Um, I, I still think he makes the team because they just seem to like him in the quarterback room. Mm 
mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And again, the last two years, they've kept him on the team. So I would kind of argue hold on that basis. But yeah, he's been bad. And I guess I would say it's down. But I still kind of think he makes the team, which is the infuriating part. Right. Gaziano seems like a neutral. And maybe Egbelite up, just based on what Hill said. Yeah. Um, it's been quiet for Gaziano. I don't know. This week it has been quiet for him. Yeah, it's it's, it's really been, been quiet, quiet since for the him, pick six. but it also it's been quiet for him. But it also feels like it's quiet for everyone who's like a pass rushing DT right now. That's very true. And very true. So I'm sort of holding all. If we're saying Fox is down, I guess we would also say Tillery is down. Gaziano feels like a hold. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he hasn't really. Nothing's really changed for him. Like the stock is low and it just kind of has hovered there, I guess. So I would say I would say hold because it really wasn't that high yeah, last week I either. Agree. And I I'd agree. say hold for Egg Boule because he's still kind of like battling it out with Jamal Davis. And frankly, like I, I could almost argue down for him, but I would say hold. And I don't think it's up. Fine yeah. with me. All right, how much money did I make and or lose? Am I at the same? I don't know. <laughs> we want to count it up. You want to count it up? Okay, so we got uh, nine. Okay, if we say... Oh, God. Okay. All right, it only goes down by a dollar. All right. Yeah. And so we're only going up and down a dollar, right? Except for the dollar tier where it's double or half. Okay. So Ooh. then stay at five for Spiller. Okay. Carter up to six, Callan up to six. I feel like Callan should be up to like eight, to be honest. I feel like Carter should be 10. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we have, I mean, we only go up a certain amount per week. Otherwise, it's like a subjective, oh, he's up $3.42 today. I got you. So three for Dean still. With how we just got into the minutia about who, who, which broad jump we we spent five minutes <laughs> talking about that, I wouldn't be surprised That's if we different. did three dollars and forty two cents. Mm, it's right, so a four for Kelly, four, two. two for Webb. There you go. You got it. Zero for a stick. Is that what plummeting means? <laughs> no, we'll go point Change five. it to point five. Point zero. He says point five is generous. Thank you. He's now 50 cents. Okay. Um, and then one and one. Okay. All right. What does that come out to? Am I hitting the big bucks or <laughs> please add it up for me, Tyler? Got you. Okay. Oh, oops. Why did it do that? Eh. This is so much pressure. I'm sitting here trying to do this stupid thing. Hold on. God, why did I make this game up? All right. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, you should have done this. I don't know. Google Woo! 50.5. Woo, we're up half a cent, baby. <laughs> half a cent. Let's get Let's it. Go. All right. All right. I'll, Jewish I'll, day I'll, traders. I'll take it. <laughs> this is like when I bought like uh, half a, I bought like 0.0005 Bitcoin. And Bitcoin? it's like, yeah. <laughs> just checked yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I was never, I was never a Bitcoin guy myself, but uh... yeah. All right. So uh, Trey Pipkins, I feel like still hold. Sure. Um, again, so this is my list here. Asante Samuel Jr. I kind of think it's up. Like he's to me, I, I don't know how much more he'll go, 
But I think he's been passing the tests where it's like, okay, he sure. does look like the CB2 and he deserves to be there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And Brandon Staley, you know, talked about him on the I Am Athlete podcast and was just raving about him. So I, I think they feel great about Asante and where he's at. So I agree there. Parham, before he got injured, I would have definitely said up, but what do we do about his uh, injury right now? It's so undecided. I'll say up because once he returns, it could be a week, but like you know his role is ridiculously big compared to what it was going to be before. So I think like in terms of stocks, we're also looking for like future outlook. I think that his stock yeah. is up. I mean, he could return to practice tomorrow. Like we have no idea. So I would say up till we know more because we don't know what the injury is. Alex, you agree there in terms of the injury outlook? Buy the yeah, hype, sell the you, news. I think you could go up or neutral. Um, I'm fine with either one because, I mean, the red zone presence he had this week was really good. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> if, it it is a, if it is a hamstring tweak, it, like uh, Jeff Miller kind of insinuated, then I think that's fine to put up. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how they work this because uh, this is something that we talked about in our group message. Like last year, it was pretty clear that Jared Cook was still very involved in the red zone. And, you know, Donald Parham was just essentially doing, you know, uh, the scraps that were left there. And so if Parham is the red zone tight end, I think we could be talking about a big season from him. Mm -hmm. uh, Woods definitely down, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you know, Ronaldo Hill was talking about him and just mentally it's not really clicking for him right now. It's still a lot of hesitation, um, which is totally understandable. You know, he's playing in a completely different scheme, different role adjusting as a rookie i expect that to go up eventually but right now it, it's uh it is definitely not up raheem lane for what it's worth has taken more first team reps than Ooh. uh jt woods right now according to daniel popper so um sucks but i think Woods definitely down uh rump i would say up because you know we kind of anticipated him being edge four they kind of sound like he's uh they're projecting him for edge three and feel good about it uh, we already talked about Dean Leonard being down. Brennan Hymas definitely down. Again, when I took Hymas, I felt like his experience would lend itself more towards being that uh, third offensive guard. Um, but he's he's not even close to Jamari Sawyer, apparently. So uh, that's uh, an unfortunate one was high about him. Nick Neiman, I would say hold. Like he's, I, he's had some good flashes. It depends because he had such a good couple of days where I wasn't there and then that was it so I don't know like he had like four sacks whatever the last couple of days <laughs> that's true so it's up to you I do you do you know who got the first team reps today at linebacker was it mostly oh, Amen geez. and reader yeah yeah Amen. it was definitely Amen as the other guy with reader so yeah it was certainly it certainly wasn't Neiman okay they've got sounds like they've kind of mixed that role up a little bit over the last mm few days with Calvin Noy resting. So mm -hmm. hold, I would say hold for Neiman, hold, but yeah. performing. Yeah. Uh, Maurice French. I don't it's think either he's hold done anything or bad. Down. Yeah. It's like, he's just yeah. hold. existed. Hold. Uh, and then for Camp Moyer and Davis, I feel like we've talked about them a lot today. So I would say both of those two are up. Uh, you picked Jamal Davis. Good for you. Really good. Uh, I should report differently. I should just lie. So I, like, <laughs> just to make sure that my stuff works out pretty well. Okay. There you go. There you go. 
Not bad. So I feel good about this. I got a few, I got a few ups right now. Fifty-four. My fifty-four. Goodness. I got beat Lots at the stocks by a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's a is that like. I mean, I don't do stocks, but you know, we're not precluded from participating in in stock exchanges. Like it's gambling that we're like frowned upon not to do, but we can invest in stocks. Mm. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Okay, Palmer <laughs> feels like an up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what do we see for Parham? Um, Old or up? Uh, Parham, we said. I think up. we said up. Spiller, we said hold. Swords down. is down. What is it for Major's room? way too small. I can barely see it, man. Well, I'm used to things being too small. Uh. <laughs> Shit. I'm really kicking up the race jokes. <laughs> Tyler the Racist. At... <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, at Tyler the Racist. <laughs> Tyler the Racist. <laughs> like Tyler the Creator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll work with kids uh, in about two weeks. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely up. <laughs> Jason Moore has been practicing. I forgot to mention him. He has not practiced this week. It sounds like. Mm. Do we feel like Bandy's up or hold? Like he's hold. been good, but it kind of yeah. depends on what you think his value has been over the last week. He did get those first team reps earlier in the week. Um, he did. Do think that Joe Reed being second up on the kick returns after Carter might be kind of neutral for Bandy, though? I don't know. He is second on punt returns, but yeah. Reed is not on punt returns, for what it's worth. I'll say it's neutral. Yeah, I agree. Good luck with that. Up. And then Camire, we set up. Cool. 11. Now, Steven beat all our asses. Jeez. Nine. <laughs> Six. Or watching a dumb biology major how to do any kind of math here. Here we go. Uh, uh, somebody point. pointed out that Dean Leonard was down in Alex's and then a hold in mine. Now we got hold. Alex is a hold. You're a hold. Okay. I think we might have discussed him as a down, but then I said, I think we ended up on hold. Okay. He's currently. So, where were you at? Oh, you didn't figure it out yet. Okay. No, not yet. Two. All right. Like Steven's got a decent lead here. 51.5. Fuck. All right, how we got it. I'm last. <laughs> You're the worst so far, Alex. Mm, but that's okay. My family. Yeah. Your family. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that. Uh, a lot of stock up, stock up, stock down. Nothing terrible, but... uh. Here, here's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on this being an absolute disaster with Trey Pipkin. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Oh, for yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. that, that's kind of why I stayed away from Pipkins and Norton. But he's in the but lead, it, man. So what am, I, yeah. what am I supposed to say? But you know? if we go back to last preseason, Pipkins was also in the lead and then lost it pretty bad. So I, that's I don't know. True. That's why I wanted to stay away from both of them. Um I don't know. I'm just I'm just hoping Easton Stick clings to the bottom of the roster so then he can stay at a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I want him off the team in real life outside of this stupid stock exchange game. But <laughs> um, one three nn one n 
uh, wants to know if we would consider adding one stock each to our portfolio. What I can buy one more with the half a cent I made this week. <laughs> oh, because we made it and made some money. So we're yeah, Stephen made four dollars. You can buy yeah. a four dollar one, but I can buy half a cent of stock. Um, I think he's. I think he's specifically mentioning because like somebody like Raheem Lane, like obviously he's not on our sheet, ooh. but okay. That feels dangerous because he's. I literally just said he had the top three camp, so I'd be buying right. very high here. Yeah, you would be. You you'd have to put him at least in the three dollar tier right now. Because I feel like I should buy some like Xander Horvath because I feel like that's on the way. Can can we go to our sheet and see what we can buy if we all want to buy one more? Oh, are we actually? Because I have no well, idea how to adjust for our. It was just an idea from big <laughs> that guy. I don't. Well, okay, we can go to the roster that we have available. Yeah, because Raheem Lane wasn't even on the roster, man. <laughs> well, huh. you know. Which again, um, I, I'm not saying I blame you. Like that's that's not a surprise. He would be like the only one I think that at this point we can we could choose from. Well, we can add in. I don't know if we want to add in Surratt and Lane. We we could. How do we work this? If you buy somebody, we only have you only have, wait you only have fifty cents. Who can you buy, Alex? <laughs> I, can, I can double up on my Easton stock, which is not half a cent. I could buy that back. Yeah, Damon Lloyd's not on here either, for what it's worth. Uh, okay. I can't buy anything else, so I think I yeah. Can I can I sell my half a cent of Easton stick stock so then I can be up to fifty one dollars and then be able to purchase something? Else? No, you can't gain money by selling one of your stocks. You can't like boost um, your. Yeah, we're not getting rid of players, right? We'd just be potentially adding someone. I guess. I mean, do we want to just each pick another uh, dollar person? That's not. I don't know. Do I have the right to do that since I only, since you only made fifty cents? cents. <laughs> um. I mean, you could. You could. We said no selling, right? No. <laughs> fifty cent tier. Put a uh, um, like Foster Cyril in the fifty cent one, or yeah. Put Peters. Can I buy there. Sage Surratt for fifty cents? Yeah, let's do that. Fine. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Let's <laughs> Sage Surratt for fifty cents. Nice. Like maybe one of those penny stocks from like Jordan Belfort and Mobile so then Wall put, Street. Uh, we'll put Damon Lloyd in the one dollar tier, right? Sure. And then we doing Lane in three dollars. I don't know, because he, he technically really is still safety five. Mm. Like, can we have Webb, Gilman, and Lane in the $3 tier? I don't tier. I don't know. Sure. We're going to lose our entire audience. Because if he does, if he starts at $3... I guess how high can he get really if he stays at safety five or safety six? There. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll come back to this next week and say whose stock we bought or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. We'll we'll, cool. we'll chat it up and on Monday or something like that and, and we'll update you guys next time. 
All right, so our final thing here, uh, again, uh, lasted a little bit longer on the stocks and things like that, but uh, we just want to talk about the scrimmage tomorrow. Obviously, this is going to be really the most important practice that the Chargers have during training camp. This is the only time that we'll get to see starting caliber players, you know, be tackled to the ground and be able to break tackles and um, things like that. So again, this is a really important thing. Like Matt Filer is going to be playing in this game. Corey Lindsley, Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater, all of the, the trench guys, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. So this is the most important practice. I wish Derwin James were playing in this practice, but it is what it is. Um, so Alex, we'll start with you. What is one thing that you are most looking forward to learn about something on the chargers, somebody on the chargers, uh, after tomorrow's scrimmage? Yeah, I guess this will be our best chance to look at right tackle. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess we've kind of seen it in camp, but it's sort of like, oh, well, that's like far away all the way over there. Or like they're not sure. like fully going at it like they might in a scrimmage again. Joey it, and Cleo have been resting a lot too. Right. Um, and so if, yeah, if Joey and Cleo are back, that'll give us some indication. But even just seeing... Uh, someone like Chris Rumpf and go against Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton or, um, you know, any of the other edges as well. Jamal Davis, who, you know, has been sort of uh, tasked with power. We've seen how Storm has struggled with power before. Um, so even just seeing some of those guys and, and how they hold up against the edge pressure uh, in what's their first real test, I guess, of the offseason before they get to that first preseason game uh, against the Rams on Saturday. Um but that's what I'm kind of most interested in. But in general, I guess I'll say trenches because it's probably our only real chance to see the trenches prior to any preseason action. Yep, that's a good call. Good the Alex on brand with the trenches pick, <laughs> as I expected. Okay, Tyler. Well, what is uh, what's your pick here? Uh, give me the running backs and the fullbacks. I have no idea what they look like. I think they all kind of just look like because the defense has been absolutely smothering them, but I want to see them in kind of a game rhythm, getting something going. And really, it's just been this weird concoction mixture of which running back goes out there. And maybe that's the same, but I would love to see like a series with Spiller, a series with Kelly, a series with Roundtree and so on. Um, other than that, we already talked about Morgan Fox and Jerry Tillery and then to some extent, JT Woods, like, I'm kind of waiting to see what these guys like. They're going to be on the roster. I'm pretty darn certain Tillery Fox Woods are going to be on the starter or on the roster and a big part of the rotation. But like, I got to see them do maybe a little bit more Woods, not as much pressure, obviously, but you know, Fox and Tillery, they have so much riding yeah. on them as like, we, we think they're the two best pass rushing interior defense alignment. That's kind of what they should be. And they've been a nothing burger so far. So I want to see these guys, that are basically guaranteed a roster spot actually show me that there's something there. Because right now, you know, the undrafted free agent at LSU who was a nose tackle is outperforming them right now. So I need to see something from them in a live setting. Yeah, two good calls there. In terms of the running backs, I think uh, it was Daniel Popper who, who mentioned that the physicality of Spiller has been starting to pop a little bit more once pads have been on. Um, Austin Eckler and others have said that Joshua Kelly looks to be like the more explosive runner looks to be, you know, uh, kind of early rookie year, Joshua Kelly, in terms of his confidence and his swagger and his, and his approach. So, uh, if he fumbles tomorrow, does that change? Is he able to not fumble? Um, so I, I agree there. I think for me, this is something that Joel Lombardi has talked about a couple of times that the scrimmage is really well there where they will be able to kind of 
open up the playbook at least somewhat. And, you know, I talked about this the other day on Twitter, but I'm just so curious to see what they do with the rushing attack in general, because last year they were so limited by several different factors. Of course, like the right side of the offensive line wasn't very good. Um, you know, and Arjun has kind of pointed out the EPA per play difference, yards per carry average, expected yards per carry, everything that you could was so much worse off of the right side. There wasn't really a running back two situation sorted out until the back end of the season. So like, I think I, I think I did the math one time and it was like 65% of the RB two yards for the chargers came in like the last six weeks of the season when Justin Jackson really started to figure it out and, and start a couple of games when Austin Eckler was out. And then also you're talking about DeAndre Carter, you know, contributing there, Gerald mm -hmm. Everett contributing there. So I'm just so curious to see how this rushing attack is really going to come together because last year it was basically like, okay, we have counter, we have duo, and it's Austin Eckler or nothing until like the last mm -hmm. six weeks of the season. So that's something that I'm hoping to, you know, get some information about it is what does the rushing attack look like? How involved in particular is DeAndre Carter? You know, I know Alex kind of liked the tweet yesterday, but I think realistically Carter could be like a Ty Montgomery kind of player for this team. Give him 20 carries, give him 30, 40, 30 to 40 targets and uh, just be a playmaker. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm hoping that we get some intel there just from a schematic standpoint. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. More Raheem Lane, please. Alex, anything else you want to talk about in terms of uh, maybe defense or special teams um are we gonna do extra points are we are we kicking i would goals? think they do everything right All they right. did they did the whole shebang last year in the scrimmage right tyler at least field goals and sometimes they would yeah. do a field goal and then kind of move it do another field goal move it to another field goal even though it's not really how the real game would work so did they uh, did extra they, points that i remember did they do any punting uh yes because okay. lachlan edwards punted one to the right like right. pretty far so <laughs> yes they did punt. Well, let's let's see if, let's see if this jk scott hype uh lives up to it as yeah. a punter you know because he's been he's been timed as having these really long hang times and people have been doing that on twitter so um i'll be curious to see if in a real game kind of setting if he lives up to that uh obviously not like a lot to decide on special teams I, are they doing like punt i assume they're doing punt returns kick returns kind of but probably hmm, yeah i don't remember if they did that they last did, year they did. i don't know Can if I it was like right after a touchdown or, or mm -hmm. whatever but i remember they that they definitely did returns like i remember mm -hmm. hearing about kj hill and jalen guyton returning stuff the good old days the good old days yeah, yeah. now relay rancher is a blocker on kick return he's not the kick returner he's a blocker which right is, is yeah good. so i guess we're seeing who their first team special teams unit is, who their second team guys are. That'll be interesting to see in practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would also say, you know, I remember the scrimmage is really where the Kaiser white hype started to really build up. And, and yeah. you know, because we were not expecting Kaiser to be linebacker one heading into training camp. And then after the scrimmage, it was like, okay, like Kaiser has arrived. He is, he is the guy right now. So, the linebacker room needs some sorting out, man. It really does. And uh, Damon Lloyd has looked good in stretches. Eamon has had some really good plays as well. So has Nick Neiman. We've talked about all three of those guys. But if Kyle Van Oye is playing heavily linebacker, I don't think you can keep 
more than one of those three. So I, I think that group needs to to figure itself out a little bit. And, uh, you know, the scrimmage is going to be a good chance there for those three young players, especially if Kyle Noy is resting again. Yeah, and I think he would. I wouldn't even be surprised if Mac and Bosa had a series, you know, maybe show something against Pipkins and Norton just to kind of gauge them in a live setting. But I, I think they'll probably rest it up. I do want to see this. Um, what the hell is his name? Hunter Campmoyer thing yeah. play out. I'm really curious how much of a lock or not a lock he is. Can he perform? Because sure, he's been like in the outside as the tight end for like, yeah, he's the tight end for. Yeah, with the twos, he's been performing, but like feels maybe cosmetic or they're just letting him do what they needed him to do because he's just the tight end four. But now he's probably going to walk in as the tight end two tomorrow. So I, I really want to see what he looks like in this expanded role because I don't think all that much of him as an explosive, dominant kind of player. He's not sure. Gerald Everett. He's certainly not like the Donald Parham height by any means. But I want to see what he looks like in this tight end two role because I think tomorrow... He's got maybe a week, maybe two weeks, but probably just a week. And certainly with the scrimmage to say, hey, you have to keep me on the roster because this is what I've done with the first team and some of like the two A's. So I really want to see that play out. Any thoughts there, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, Camp Moyer in the vein of some of the other guys we talked about gets a chance because of injuries, right? Uh, Parm Kitty, not going to go tomorrow, I assume. Uh, so he'll, he'll have his opportunity. I don't know how much he'll be able to flash right in such a short, you know, time period in the scrimmage, especially with Gerald Everett is kind of the one, you know, tight end one. I assume he'll get kind of the bulk of the work there still. Um, but you know, he'll have, he'll have his opportunity tomorrow, uh, I guess, along with Chrome and hook and, and all those other guys that are, you know, yeah. we're kind of buried down the depth chart now that are promoted because of injuries. Yeah. One, uh, one other thing that I want to see more Keenan versus Bryce Callahan. I, uh, I've seen a, f- a lot of the clips of Keenan roasting. Somebody have been Kimon Hall, Hall or Tavon Cavill or Dean Leonard. So, uh, if we're talking about good on good, I want to see some Keenan versus Bryce Callahan and, uh, you know, ramp that battle up a little bit more. Should be fun. Should be fun. So, um, that's going to do it for us today. Tyler and I are going to be going live tomorrow uh, around 8. We'll figure out what time specifically the scrimmage is going to end at. Um, but, you know, the two of us are going to have some takeaways there. I really wish that they would put, you know, televise this or stream it or something. But uh, at least one of us is going to be there and uh, get some live eyeballs on it. So, uh, Alex, any final thoughts before we head out for the day? Uh, no, hope the scrimmage is good tomorrow. Hope nobody gets hurt, most importantly. Yes. Uh, and, you know, just uh, Chargers fans show up at the scrimmage, you know, let the presence be felt, uh, I guess, there. And, uh, yeah, no, excited to see how some of these position battles play out in, in the last real game experience prior to that first preseason game on Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. It's sold out. I had to ask somebody else for tickets because they weren't able to go. It's a sold-out event. It was, I think, the Sunday or last Sunday or whatever it was too. So it'll be packed and I can't wait to see what it's like in the first real game atmosphere that we can give these guys. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Excited to hear how everything pans out and uh, you know, appreciate you guys tuning in today. So we had a good turnout again on Saturday. Um, appreciate all the comments, all the chats. So hopefully tomorrow we'll get to a little bit more questions. I, I know there were a few asked that we were not able to get to because it was just a lot of uh, stuff we had to cover. So, 
I appreciate all that. Right on time, right on cue, <laughs> right at the buzzer. Mama Shun with the super sticker. You oh, know, man. fantastic timing there. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thanks, everyone, for the chat. As always, if you're listening to this, leave a rating or a review. Uh, we always appreciate that. So, <laughs> Bull Fam, let's ride. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com